All right, welcome into another episode of Negative War, Positive Vibes. CJ Nikowski, Ryan Spielborgs. It is the end of the year. You and I have been working quite a bit on MLB Network Radio on our regular show, Loud Outs, but it felt like a good time maybe just to reflect as we have a tendency to do. We get to this time of year uh, and getting ready to flip the calendar to 2024, Spilly. There was a couple of things that I was thinking about. First and foremost, just even the podcast uh, for you and I, uh, we came up with the idea. We just wanted something out there that was not going to be behind the paywall uh, that hopefully people would be uh, interested in maybe catching some of our content. If they're not serious XM subscribers, we're kind of hoping that maybe they would want to become uh, XM subscribers, but we just thought we'd love to get some of our own content out there uh, on the other side, as I mentioned of the paywall uh, free for people to listen to. And we started out with XM that didn't last very long. And now we've gone here on our own. We've had to change the name, but uh, first year in outside of predicting that the San Diego Padres were going to win the world series or the blue Jays with that first podcast we had other than that. Um, it's been a fun ride. It's early in our journey. Uh, I love doing it. I know you enjoy it um, as well, but uh, one year, I guess I know it's not a calendar year because we started kind of um, a little bit later than, you know, after the new year before the season started. Uh, but our 2023 podcast time has come to an end. Yeah, and and I really enjoyed it. It was it's fun. I think we had a how many episodes did we end up doing? Like a little bit. Was it close to a hundred? Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good question. I don't know how many we did on the XM side. Then we started over, maybe a little bit less than that. But um, yeah, I think I think we're relatively consistent. We might have been in that seventy-five range. Yeah, we did. I think we did good. And uh, you know, you're only going to get better, and you're, those those things are are only going to grow. It's also nice knowing because we we did get pretty good feedback from people that did listen. Uh, and we appreciate you. We appreciate you tuning in, checking it out, and offering feedback. That's the best way for us to learn. Uh, also, I'm looking forward to this upcoming season because we got a lot going on last year. Uh, for me personally, it was a big year as far as doing some national media coverage on Apple TV, uh, which was fun. I got the opportunity to do my first World Feed during the World Series, which was which was just great. I've never done a World Series before, so I... I'd never imagined, you know, being able to broadcast a World Series. So that was uh, an absolute honor. Uh, then we have a bunch of stuff going on with these RSNs, regional sports networks that kind of leaves things up in the air. Um, I think industry-wise, CJ, as a quick aside, uh, I think what I'm noticing, especially when it like talking about like like what's going on right this second with free agency and all this stuff. I think a lot of organizations have been apprehensive because of the uncertainty of RSNs, uh, regional sports networks. And I think it's impacted our industry a lot more than we probably talk about because nobody really knows uh, the overall impact. So um, it's kind of neat. I think for both you and I that we're in the middle of this massive sea change in broadcasting you know, television, how you consume sports, podcasting, streaming, all these things. We are we are like right at the beginning of kind of what's going to be the new frontier of, of how you consume sports. And so that's it's a little nerve wracking, but it's also really, really exciting to see what's going to end up happening to both of us uh, in the upcoming uh, season and years. So uh, this year, I know, is a big year for me. Uh, I know is a big year for you as well, buddy. Well, I'll say this. First of all, you've undersold it. I mean, I think it was a monster year for you and the opportunities that you got nationally. Uh, getting the Apple gig first, I was kind of going along uh, with you and you were keeping us in the loop a little bit, obviously not publicly, uh, but the private conversations that we had about the possibility of you getting that, uh, ultimately you did. And uh, I was thrilled for you and it's good to see you get that first 
uh, real nice national opportunity. And, and you learn a ton during that, too. I can tell by the conversations we have regarding streaming and where the industry is going in that regard. Those are always really fun because you had uh, you were kind of behind the velvet rope a little bit with that seat uh, with Apple and the conversations that you could have with the people there and being produced through uh, MLB Network. And then to get the uh, World Series on top of it, as you mentioned, that world feed, basically everybody who's not watching the Fox feed everywhere else, the World Series and Fill me in if I'm wrong here, but everyone else said it's being broadcast. You were the one um, that was on the call. That's a big deal. And that's, so that was really cool. Um, so it was awesome to see kind of your growth and your big opportunities um, that you had. You, you mentioned, you know, the RSN stuff and you and I, we continue to learn uh, because we like what we do, right? We don't just show up and call a game and tell old stories. Like we're all the way in on what we do and we really do treat it uh, like a second uh, career uh, where you're just starting from scratch. Yeah, we had the playing experience and we draw on that, but we're all the way in. Uh, it's one of the things that why I like working with you and why I admire um, what you do. And you mentioned, you know, it's interesting because there's almost a divide. Like we know what's going on with Bally's. We know what happened with the AT&T RSNs, right? There's, and none of that's completely settled either. I mean, Bally's still waiting uh, now until January before they figure out what's going on with the Rangers and the Guardians and maybe uh, the Minnesota Twins. And now Amazon potentially uh, is talking about becoming a player, which really could change the direction that we thought this thing was going in. We've seen a couple of broadcasts basically get their rights back because uh, Bally's and others have defaulted and MLB took over the Padres and the Diamondbacks were the two that we saw last year. And a couple of more will be doing that again this year. And I think everyone thought that we were completely going in that direction, that basically all the Bally's and all the AT&T were eventually going to go back to the team. And then what do you do from there? Well, now with Amazon at least showing some interest and in seeing an opportunity, there may be a big, big change. Uh, part of that also has to do with the fact that I, I think that MLB will absolutely not negotiate uh, with the Bally's RSNs on streaming rights. I feel like that relationship is just has not gone well uh, for those who maybe followed the whole story when Fox was uh, sold to Disney and then Disney had to divest from their uh, RSNs. It was MLB and Sinclair, essentially, which is Bally or you know, Bally Sinclair, if you want to look at it, uh, were the two bidders. And Sinclair was the one that outbid MLB. MLB wanted the games. Uh, and they lost that bid, I think it was like by about $700 million. And so the relationship is a little bit fractured and things haven't gone well. I say that because I do think there's a real chance that MLB would negotiate with Amazon, right? Because Amazon is delivering a younger audience. You've obviously seen what's going on with Apple and kind of what the audience numbers look like there. And so there's still a lot to happen uh, over this year. And then how it's affected I say this year, of course, meaning in 24, and, and I think we're going to continue to hear the story really leading up into spring training and maybe even through it, uh, but we will see. And then the other part is like, well, you might say, well, wait a minute, the Dodgers are crushing it. What do you mean? What's going on? Well, the Dodgers have an unbelievable deal, uh, and based on some podcasts and things that I have read, you know, they're with Charter. And the way that their contract works, and it's like uh, up over $350 million, that money is guaranteed to the guaranteed. Dodgers no matter what happens to RSNs. They could go down. That charter could go down to one subscriber. They are still getting all of that money, and that's because they partnered with a corporation uh, that took in $54 billion in revenue a couple of years ago. They're obviously in a lot of other things outside of just the RSNs, so they're doing really well. The NBC ones apparently are also profitable, so there is kind of a divide, and we are seeing it, and it's not just about being in the big market. Obviously, for the Dodgers, it's the big market and a really good TV partner, 
Um, and so that's why things have been a little bit different. We got to get this settled really quickly, but it's been fun for you and I to kind of learn about it, to kind of hash it out a little bit. And knowing that it's unsettled, uh, we got a really good feel for kind of what the RSN business is all about. It's a brutal time because we feel brutal, a uh, terrible, I should say, because we know there's some people losing jobs along the way. That's already happened. We hate that part. Uh, the dust needs to get settled. So hopefully we can get most people rehired and back up and running the way we were. Yeah. So, and on that note, I mean, First off, uh, I, I think the the biggest thing that I continue to fall back on from this last year is the health of the sport is as good as it's been in in years. I mean, the the CBA being what it was, the new rules and the success of that, um, some new markets that well, not new markets, old markets, but with good teams, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Um, seeing what the Marlins did last year, actually seeing a little bit of an increase in in some attendance, and. Think about this. You had 6 million more fans through the gates last year than the year previously. And this is with an entire debacle that was happening, happening with the Oakland A's. So to, to like really consider that, and then understand that the teams that did transfer over to this new streaming system with, with major league baseball, the Padres and the diamondbacks. And I heard some numbers. It was like 200% increase in possible viewers of these teams. That's how big of an impact being able to remove the blackouts were uh, for, for fans. So they were, they were able to just sign up and watch their Padres or their diamondbacks. And I think that is really, really cool because that's, that's kind of the direction that the industry is going towards is figuring out ultimately how to remove all blackouts. Mm. And then you can buy, you can watch your team uh, as you deem fit. So it feels pretty cool to know that we are getting closer and closer to this blackout free environment. I understand that there's going to be some people uh, that don't love the streaming. Not everybody wants to watch uh, a team 162 games out of the year, uh, which goes back to kind of the point you made with Amazon. Amazon was broadcasting Yankees games uh, mm-hmm. with the same broadcast crew. So with Michael Kay and David Cohn and, um, uh, and Paul O'Neill And what was cool about that was you were now introducing Yankee baseball to Amazon prime members for free. I mean, if the, if you were on Amazon and you're Amazon prime, you are now being engaged with the, with the baseball games that were free to them, uh, which is kind of neat. Same with Apple TV plus, you know, for, for the Apple TV plus people that were, you know, downloaded and subscribed to watch uh, Ted Lasso or slow horses or any of these things, they now got the MLS package and they were able to watch Friday night baseball, something that they might not have ever experienced before. And then beyond that, what, what is really kind of exciting from, from those, the possibility of, of who can watch in, in the sense of Apple. And that's why I kind of like point at Apple as, as being possibly a, a new frontier. I'm not a spokesperson for them, but I'm just telling you they had zero geofence. So you could watch mm. a Friday night baseball game in Antarctica. You could watch it in South Africa. You could watch it anywhere in the world. Um, so that, that is because you can't do that with Netflix and you can't do that with Hulu and you can't do that with some of these other, um, streaming systems. So Apple did have kind of like a, a new market for them. So all that stuff is really neat to consider that baseball is going out to a much broader audience is my point. Yeah. And so after all these new rules and just the health of the game and the athletes and what we're seeing 2024, my guess it's probably going to be the healthiest baseball has ever been in the history of the sport. As far as marketing, what Otani means for the Dodgers, all this stuff. 
baseball in 2024, my prediction better than the Padres last year is that the health of the sport is going to be the best it's has ever, ever been. Yeah, it should be. And the other thing about the streamers, I, I may have mentioned this earlier, but they're delivering a younger audience by about 7%, at least on the Amazon side. And that's where the draw is for Major League Baseball. And that's why I think they will engage in conversations with Amazon about streaming rights because of those 11 Bally's teams that still remain. I believe it's only five uh, that those regions actually have the rights to the streaming. So there's another six teams out there. And there's some big ones like the Rangers and the Braves and others um, that they certainly it would only make sense if they could have those streaming rights. So uh, we will see how that goes. But I'm with you. Uh, the game is in uh, really good hands right now. It was a good year, certainly getting past the CBA, getting past the new rules and things we've worked through here recently uh, makes things feel pretty good. I think pretty confident in where we're at. And the, the response that we got from fans is the most important. Uh, and as you mentioned, all those that came in were watching games and attendance being up uh, was really encouraging. For me personally in 23 and wrapping that one up, a uh, lot of surprises. Two huge surprises for me uh, personally. One, of course, covering the Texas Rangers after six straight years of being under 500, a combined 124 games under 500 over those six seasons, which were my six first six in Texas. They go out and they win the World Series. I mean, that was it, all of it still, still seems kind of absurd, kind of crazy uh, to do something like that. You know, all the offseason talk about a year or so ago with the Rangers was like, well, what kind of turnaround can you really have year to year? Right. Two years before that, they lost 100 uh, plus games. They weren't that far off in 2022, for, or excuse me, uh, yeah, 22 uh, from losing the same amount and saying, well, what's the reality? What kind of turnaround can you really have? Um, and they put together a really good team. They went from a 68-win season to a 90-win season and went on that ridiculous postseason run. They ended up winning um, the World Series. Uh, people keep asking, me, like, hey, what would you take away from it? I'm curious your thought on this and having seen it and calling the World Series and having played in one is that, you know, we always say these things. But to me, it's about, you know what? You never know. You just never know if you have the right people in place that are healthy at the right time. I will never, ever say against Billy, based on what I saw, that you need momentum going into the postseason. The Rangers had none. I mean, zero momentum going into the postseason. So that phrase is dead for me. It's, I mean, you'd like to have it, sure. You'd like to, but you don't need it. You need good players. And you need guys to step up in certain ways. And for the Rangers, it was a couple of relievers. It was a guy like Jordan Montgomery. And then your superstars that were crushing it um, in the middle of the lineup. So that was wild to watch. Uh, one of the two things that ended up being kind of personal big moments, but covering the Rangers and watching them uh, win it all. I'm curious for you, what, what if anything, did you take away from uh, kind of watching that, calling it, seeing it firsthand? Uh, 68 wins a year ago, 60 before that, World Series champions in 23. business cj I, I think it's it's a it's a great example of developing your minor league system so we saw guys like josh young who, who probably could have been a rookie of the year if it wasn't for an injury uh you saw a kid in the minor leagues come up and Evan carter who's going to be a superstar uh he's sitting in the middle of the lineup as a as he wasn't even 21 years old yet then you get and you and you went out and you you know you sold a bill of goods to two top free agents and you had to pay for it and Marcus Simeon and, and Corey Seager. I, I, I think as, as you watched how the Texas Rangers were, were put together, um, you know, making a sign for Nathan Evaldi in the off season, trading of Jordan Montgomery, uh, knowing that they wanted to get a, a, a manager with hall of fame pedigree, like Bruce Bochy, who CJ, I'm telling you watching mm -hmm. Boch, 
do both things over the course of, of the playoffs. He was such a factor. I usually like if you say there's no such thing as momentum going into the postseason, I used to think managers had limited impact uh, on on games. I think I, that that still kind of resonates in regular season, but in the postseason, Bochi was a step ahead of everybody. Uh, he was a step ahead of of Kevin Cash, who I admire. He was multiple steps ahead of Dustin Baker. And then watching him against Tori Lovello, he was a step or, step or two ahead of him as well. So I think as you're watching this and you watch what the Rangers were able to accomplish, it wasn't an anomaly. Although the one anomaly that the Rangers did have, which you'll never see again, they went undefeated in the postseason. Never see it hmm. on the road. Undefeated on the road in the postseason, which is just the, the most ridiculous thing I've ever even heard of. So I think this team, when you have superstars, players from within a manager that, you know, offers confidence and support to his players and then empowered them. Um, it, it shows other organizations like, Hey, you actually can, you know, spin it around in a year, but you have to be smart, wise about how you're going about doing it. And I think ultimately the last thing I love about this, I love that Chris Young is a former major leaguer uh, who was given the opportunity and he showed, he showed his aggressiveness. Now we haven't seen the fallout from winning a world series yet because there's usually a cost. Mm. Uh, but I love that. It's a former player as a general manager, taking it, running with it. He surrounded himself with other former players. And uh, that part was really cool for, for me to watch. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty incredible. I'm with you on Bruce Bochy too. And wondering, we had heard so much about, and we've seen it, his ability to manage a bullpen, but there is no doubt in my mind that that was the most difficult one he had to manage. Your closer changed uh, through different times throughout the season into the postseason and identifying the arms. And I tell people all the time, the one thing I learned from watching him that I was most impressed with and why I could never be a big league manager, he was so resolute in his decisions. There was no like, ah, let me give this guy a chance to work out of it. Because you know, that's how I would be, right? You're pulling for people and you want to see him do well and you want to give him a chance. And he would recognize right away it's time for him to be done. Sometimes it would be a starter in the second inning. There was a game where he pulled out Andrew Heaney, I think, after like an inning a third. I was kind of shocked. And it was a game that the Rangers came back to win. Uh, he knows. He's been there. He's done it. In his 26th year, he ends up picking up his fourth World Series. And so that's something else that stuck out to me uh, watching uh, Bruce Bochy. Certainly fun to watch for a season. And finally, for me, just on the personal side, not anything I was ever anticipating, uh, and that was uh, leaving the Rangers broadcast and asking permission uh, to get out of my contract to take an opportunity uh, in Atlanta, where I live full-time and have been for about 18 years now. Um, I never thought, again, that it I wasn't looking for it. I didn't tell my agent, to, we got to find something else. Like I could not have been happier than I was in Texas, but I was approached by... Uh, a couple of guys about a possibility and an opening. And as we kind of went down the road a little bit and realized uh, they were going to offer me, uh, or uh, if I could get out, if I wanted it, the, uh, offer me the opportunity to be the lead guy um, in Atlanta, went back to the Rangers and ended up taking it. And I, I mean, you talk about big life decisions. Like, you know, my career, Spilly, was, was just checkered, right? I mean, just all over the place. Trades, releases, I mean, everything. Over 19 years, playing all over the world. Like, it was just so inconsistent. I finally had consistent work in my life for the last seven years and a really good job of good people. It's like, how could you ever even think about taking the chance and walking away from it after going through all of the other things uh, over the years? So a lot of conversations my wife and I uh, had trying to figure it out. A lot of nervousness, you know, on both of our parts, but certainly hers as well. As much as it would have been great to be home, we had already kind of established ourselves and things were going well in Texas and the team obviously coming off a World Series. Uh, but we took the leap of faith 
And uh, we're excited, man. We're really excited. The Bryce fans have been so incredibly kind to me um, online. And, and quite honestly, the amount of uh, people I've heard from has been overwhelming. It's kind of surprising. I forgot how big of a uh, baseball fan base they have in Atlanta, obviously going back to the TBS years and um, being a superstation and really kind of covering the Southeast and how many different states uh, Braves games are carried, especially on the radio side, but certainly on the TV side as well. Um, it's starting to get exciting. We're almost to the new year. Still got you know ways to go. We're about three months away from opening day. Um, but, man, I'm getting really excited. Uh, it took me a while to kind of get over it and felt terrible about leaving Texas. But uh, the idea now of going to Atlanta, certainly for 2023, uh, being on a team that won a World Series, leaving that team and going to the Atlanta Braves um, for another job was, uh, was certainly a big career moment for me. Yeah, I'm so pumped for you, man. I mean, you you and I spent a lot of time with each other. We're like uh, we're like work spouses, and you know when when we knew and when we started talking about this, I mean, it just I I understand the apprehension leaving a, a great organization that's treated you so well in Texas, and uh, but the prospect to be home, uh, that's where you live, it's your backyard, and you get to go uh, and work with some really great people in Atlanta. I've had a chance to to get to know some some of the people behind the scenes there. Um, man, I, I, I am so excited for 2024 for you. And you, you happen to be on one of the most exciting teams, uh, in all of major league baseball too, with the Braves. So, I mean, it's, you're, you're right. It's bittersweet. You're leaving a really great franchise with really great people in Texas. But I mean, there's, there's, you don't have to tell me twice about the opportunity to be home, uh, and, and to be, you know, be with Megan and, and be able to drive home after a baseball game versus staying in a hotel room over a hundred nights Oof. a year, which is what you were doing. So congratulations, dude, you're, you're going to be great. Um, plus I, I love, I love your new uh, broadcast partner. He's going to be fun. We, we love Dave Raymond, uh, but this guy too, and ended up, I mean, he's grinded. He's gone through, uh, through the ranks in the minor leagues and all that stuff. So, and he was, uh, he had a great first year with the Braves last year. Yeah, Brandon so, uh, gone and killed it, man. And he, you know, heard from him pretty early on. I've been watching a ton of their games now in the offseason, like whether I sit down and really dig in or I'll have them on in the background. And uh, I mean, he did an unbelievable job coming in first year and that and just kind of engaging that fan base and them, you know, accepting him and didn't take long at all where they got locked in. That's not easy to do. You know, I, I've, been, I've been through it before when you step in and you're a lead guy after someone had been there forever. On the analyst side, I did it uh, with Tom Grieve. He'd been there since 1994 when I came in in 17. Um, you know, it's always a little bit uh, concerning and a little bit uncomfortable, and certainly some fans are, are not going to love that part. And he did it uh, unbelievably well. They really enjoyed him. And um, and he, the thing about him, too, is he's genuine, right? And you, you and I have been around a lot of people in this industry, and it's the people that are authentic and are genuine are the ones that always feel like they're the best and they're just the most fun to be around. And so I think that part as well, um, kind of pretty cool uh, to see. So, yeah, we're excited about that, all that stuff. We are excited uh, about 2024, as Billy mentioned. Certainly feels like it's going to be another good season uh, in Major League Baseball. And uh, who knows? I'll try to see if I can pull a Will Smith and get back-to-back uh, -back rings. We'll be, uh, we'll be uh, challenged in that, no doubt. It's difficult to do, but uh, it's fun, man. And uh, I got to tell you, I don't know, Spilly. I, we still got a ways to go a little bit here in free agency. A um, couple of more big signings still have to happen as we're waiting on guys like Blake Snell and waiting on uh, Cody Bellinger, but it feels like it's going to be another big year. We've got to get that stuff settled. I can't wait to get going. Let's go. It can't happen soon enough. I mean, uh, we're less than 90 days away from uh, the first pitch of a major league season. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Kind of wild. 2023 behind us, 2024 uh, right around the corner. As always, we appreciate you listening. This has been 
another episode of the Negative War Positive Vibes podcast. Happy New Year, everybody.